You are now tuned in to the People the Book Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the People the Book Podcast. This is your host, The Watchman on the Wall, also known as Jared BX. First and foremost, all praise to the Most High and salam to all my brothers and sisters. Man, it's been a minute. I know a lot of people been asking, uh, probably wondering where I'm at. I know the naysayers was probably like, yes, he's gone. Now I'm back. <laughs> all praise to the Most High. And I'm just grateful for the process. Uh, just had some life changes. Um, all praise to the Most High. I just had another baby. So just been helping with that, working overtime, taking care of business, uh, taking care of my manly duties and uh, just doing what, what I got to do. So I thank you all for the patience. But today's episode, we will be talking about keeping the commandments. So without further ado, hit y'all with that mission statement. The People the Book podcast was created with the emphasis to educate and edify the Negro, Black, African-American community through biblical, historical, geographical, scientific evidence, etc. about what true Hebrew Israelite heritage and origins on this podcast, we will approach our topics and discussions based upon 1 Thessalonians 5 and 21 through 22, but test everything that is said, hold on to what is good, stay away from every kind of evil, and 2 Timothy 2 and 15 through 16, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but son profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. We will provide biblical and practical knowledge and solutions to help our community grow and prosper as a people. Disclaimer, if you have not done the research, please do not leave negative or uneducated comments. Everything on this podcast will be backed and proven with tangible evidence. Also, this podcast or myself is not affiliated with any quote-unquote Hebrew-Israelite camps. Alright guys, so let's dive in. So in this episode, I'll be talking about the, significant, the significance on why we're supposed to keep the laws and statutes, commandments of the Most High, right? And I'm going to get further into detail. This is going to be straight up precept upon precept and just scripture after scripture. And it's going to have undeniable evidence that they won't teach you in most churches and most denominations and things of that nature. So you're going to see, we're going to get to the bottom of this. And uh, we're going to go through this. So we're going to start with Isaiah 28 and 10. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Here a little and there a little. So when you read the word, the Bible also states that there is no private interpretation of Scripture. So if you read one thing in one place and you think you have the understanding, you have to remember it cannot contradict the rest of the word. And one of the biggest contradictions that they teach in modern modern day churchianity, Christianity, whatever you want to call it, is that you no longer had to keep the law. But I'm going to read you scriptures just straight from the book. And that's one of the biggest deceptions. And it's, it's, it's really confused so many people because people will say things like, you know, Christ paid the price for it all. He nailed everything to the cross. They'll use misuse scripture. And not understand the meaning of what he was talking about. These writers were talking about, right? So, let's say Revelation 12 and 9. It says, And the great dragon was cast out that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. 
He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. So what people don't understand that the people that are being deceived here in Revelation 12 and 9 is the entire world. This includes religions. Religions are deceptions. You, you don't realize, but most times religions are deceptions. And what they don't teach you is that Christianity came from Catholicism. So when you see, you study history, you would see that the mass majority of the deaths and things that were permitted, uh, the atrocities that people were doing, they were coming in the name of Christ. But these were people who were both Catholics and Protestants under the quote unquote Christian church. Um, yes, we see that word in the Bible, but that's not what we called ourselves. The mass majority of the believers in the word were Israelites and the Gentiles that did convert. They, um, they didn't call themselves uh, Christians. They, they were people that were called to walk in the way or believers or saints. This is what the word explains. So this is why I don't use that term. I understand my heritage as an Israelite and, uh, I am a believer in Christ, the Messiah, his Holy Spirit and the father. Amen. So let me, uh, let me keep going. So many of us ascribe to or have created doc. No, I'm sorry. Many people ascribe to or have created doctrines based upon the writings of Paul in the New Testament, but have absolutely zero context of what Paul was saying because they isolate scripture, which I just explained you cannot do because it has to be precept upon precept. We have to understand that anything that is written in the word cannot and will not contradict itself. Peter explained this perfectly because he already knew that many people who do not study the word in this entirety would be deceived. So we, we go into 2 Peter chapter 3 verses 15 through 16. And account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. And even our beloved uh, brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. So there's a lot of people uh, within the like Israelite community, people that don't really understand the word to its entirety and the people in the churches they use paul for both sides so the israelite a lot of people say like he was more like the devil's advocate and then the churches they use him as a oh paul said it so we're good to go but you have to i'm gonna give you the rest of the verses so it says also in all his epistles speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to be understood which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, and they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. So I'm going to break that down. What people don't realize is that Peter said when you read Paul's writings, you're not going to understand it if you're not unlearned, if you are unlearned. And what they're saying is that you are unlearning the rest of the scriptures. And then he said, they he used the word here, rest, not resting like you're sleeping, but it's W-R-E-S-T, which means to pervert or twist. So he said for people who are unlearned and unstable in the scriptures, they, they double-minded or they, they got one foot in the world and one, one foot they saying they want to serve the most high. They being lukewarm, they're going to twist and pervert the scriptures to their own destruction. So they don't just do that with Paul's writings. They do that with the rest of the scripture for people that are unlearned in the word. This is why you need to understand precept upon precept. You had to read the Bible in its entirety. You can't just say, oh, the preacher told me uh, uh, for God so loved the world and whosoever, blah, blah, blah. That's it. Uh, I'm saved. No, the Bible also says that you you be going to see that you had to keep the commandments. I'm going to go into it. 
So let's go. And that, that's another thing. This is why we see so much foolishness and sin taking place in so many churches and, and denominations and groups and etc. Because people want to isolate scripture without it being precept upon precept and having a true understanding. Why is there over over uh, over a thousand denominations of Christianity? Like the Most High only has one word. How do you, how do all these people have their own revelation of the word? There's only one revelation of the word. There's no private interpretation of Scripture. This is where people get these esoteric revelations, which is something that they can only understand, and then they try to feed it to you because they have a title or they have a doctorate. Like, come on, like you got to be mindful and understand, like. These people be scamming people, right? So, so let, let's go. So, all right. And and the thing is, though, a lot of people prefer the false knowledge that they get from a preacher, the church they came up in, a seminary denomination, Bible college, etc. And you know, and this is how we get these false teachings, like the old covenant is void. Christ kept the law, so we didn't have to. And that's probably one of the most idiotic ideas I ever heard in my life. Um, they'll say things like no one could keep the law, so on and so on. But let's read Hosea chapter four and six it says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because thou has rejected knowledge. And we under, we'll, we'll see what knowledge is. I will also reject thee that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing that thou has forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. What Christianity doesn't teach is that the law is literally life. It's there to teach you and guide you on how to love the Most High and how to love His people. That's why it's established. But many false preachers and teachers, they're going to tell you stuff like, Oh, Christ only gave us two commandments. Uh, to love God, love Yah, and uh, just love your neighbor. Okay. So they, use, they, they misuse that scripture because all Christ was doing in that situation, when they was asking him which of the commandments was greater, he was summing up the Ten Commandments into, the, into two commandments. Because the first four commandments, they teach you how to love the Most High. And the last six teach you how to love your neighbor. So the Messiah never gave a new set of commandments. If he did, he would be a it would be a contradiction uh, to the word. And, and that's according to Deuteronomy 4 and 2. You shall not add unto the word which I command you. Neither shall ye diminish from it. That ye may keep the commandments of the Lord for, uh, uh, your God which I command you. Deuteronomy 12 and 32. What things soever I command you, observe to do it. Thou shalt not add thereto, nor diminish from it. So that we, we know we're not, to take, we're not supposed to take away from the word or add from the word. Revelation 22, 18 and 19. It says, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add uh, unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. So obviously, there is a serious repercussion for you adding and taking away from the word. So all these people that are like, oh, that's the Old Testament. I just gave you a New Testament example in Revelation, the last book. So, so don't get it twisted because that old, old Testament, New Testament, it's all one covenant. It's just the renewing of the covenant once we hit the New Testament. And the renewing of the, of the covenant is with the children of Israel. And we'll, 
this this is this is why you need to read the word. Another thing is is that this precept here is precept upon precept. I gave you three scriptures back to back. So you see this is all lining up. But most times when people try to make a point for their denomination or a claim so they could get out of doing something or justify what they're doing, they'll they'll pull one scripture out of context and not give you any backing. So I just gave you three three scriptures that back up each other and they line up. Because the word declares in the Old Testament and the New Testament by Christ that out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, a matter is established. So if you hear it more than once, that's more than likely how it has to go. So what are the Ten Commandments? Let's start with that. They are the covenant according to Exodus 34 and 28. But you can find the Ten, uh, ten Commandments in uh, Exodus chapter 20. So I'll read them to you. Thou shalt not have thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water upon the under the earth. So for all these people that you still in fraternities and sororities and you talking about, oh no, I love God, the first two commandments, you breaking them right now because you bowing down to Egyptian and Greek gods. It's 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 in the Bible. You made an oath and you made a pledge to them. You are serving another God. All right. The third one. Thou shalt not bow down thyself. Oh, that's the part of the uh, second one. Thou shalt not bow down. down uh, my bad. I just had a little tongue tie. Thou shalt not bow down thyself unto them, nor serve them. For the I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. So this is very uh, of them that hate me. This is very important. People don't realize when you when you make an oath in a fraternity and masonry and all that stuff, you are bowing down to these idols and people won't people will lie to you. And they're like, oh, my ritual is different. But almost every person I know that that has been a part of these fraternities, they bow down literally before an altar and they make oath. And I don't know if you all know some of these denominations, they make you bow down and make an oath too to the denomination. So that's that's uh that's why you see some of these denominations moving like fraternities. And that's why they always allow that stuff because they're doing the same things. <laughs> that's, that's another topic for another day, but we're going to get into that. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. So the Most High shows mercy to those who keep his commandments. That's right in the word. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The Sabbath day is not Sunday. The Sabbath day was established at creation. It's the seventh day is the day of rest. The seventh day is Saturday. Do not be deceived into believing that you don't have to keep the Sabbath. Because in the New Testament... Christ kept the Sabbath along with his apostles. They were meeting every Sabbath. We can see Paul teaching people on the Sabbath. So don't let people deceive you into believing that. And no, Christ did not resurrect on a Sunday. You need to understand the word. You have to understand the word and break it down precept upon precept. The Messiah never changed that because if he changed that, he would not be of the Father because he said, I have come to Fulfill the law. All right. Remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Six days thou shalt work and do all thy work. But the seventh day is, is the Sabbath of the Lord 
uh, that God. So there's other scripture in there, but I'll go down to the next one. The fifth one is honor thy father and thy mother that they thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord giveth thee. Love your parents, respect them, take care of them. When they get older, when when they need help, like they down bad, you you can't you can't leave them in a situation when they they not doing good. Like if your parents get sick, and you just doing stuff and all that nursing home stuff, I don't believe in that. You know, take care of your parents, love them the best way. I know how it is. Sometimes we don't have the best relationships or things could get rocky. Just love your parents, pray for them, and honor them. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not uh, uh, commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not fear, uh, bear false witness against thy neighbor. That means don't lie on people. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maid. Do not covet. All right? Don't don't be wanting stuff that's not yours. These commandments are the standard of how we are supposed to live our lives. The other laws and statutes teach us how to keep these commandments. It's literally that simple. That's why when people are like, oh, nobody could keep the commandments. And I got scripture for that. You you lying, you deceived, and you probably never read the commandments. You just run it with somebody, with what somebody told you. You over here doing stuff blindly. And I just want to ask somebody, like, if, if the law's done away with, can you break any of these commandments? And people will say no. But every time you mention the Sabbath day, they're like, nah, brother, you see, um, that's nah, 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 nah. Don't don't be out here deceitful. Cause if you gotta keep the other ones, you had to you you had to keep that one too. Cause the word says it itself that if you if you break one of the least of them, of the least of the commandments, you breaking the rest of them. Alright. So I'm gonna explain something. The only laws that are no longer applicable. Are the laws of animal sacrifice And I'll read that in uh, Hebrews chapter 10 Because I know when people think about the law that's, that's that's one of the things they think about Of course we ain't sacrificing nothing else Because Christ is the ultimate atonement So it says Hebrews chapter 10 1 through 4 For the law having a shadow of good things to come So the law is a shadow of good things And not the very image of the things Can never with those sacrifices Which they offer year by year continually to make the comers there unto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? Because that the worshippers once purged should have no more uh, conscious of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sin. So we understand that the reason the Messiah was the ultimate sacrifice because animals could not suffice for us. They could not suffice for us the way the blood of the Messiah does. Not only that, in the same chapter, we see that Christ atoned uh, for our sins. Uh, and if we willfully sin, right, the punishment is going to be bigger. So we, this is Hebrews chapter 10. I just read 1 through 4. I'm going to read 26 through 29. Because people were like, oh, Christ never preached the laws. He 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 changed everything. I'm going to just follow what Christ did. Christ followed the law. So what are you talking about that you don't got to keep it? Like, oh, this is by grace. And by grace we know. How, the word itself says it. I would have not known what sin is had I not known the law. And I'm going to read some scripture for you. So here we go. It says, Hebrews 10 and 26, 29 through 29. For if we sin willfully. After that, we have received the knowledge of the truth, 
Therefore, remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for judgment and fury in, uh, and fury indignation, which shall devour the adversary. So, if you if you willfully sin, whatever punishment was meant for the enemies, the adversaries is going to come to you. So, verse twenty eight: He that despised Moses' laws died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye? Shall he be thought worthy who have trodden under the foot of the uh under the foot the Son of God and have counted of the uh have counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and have done despite unto the spirit of grace? So what that's saying is is that how much of a greater punishment he said you thought the 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 law of Moses was bad? You thought you thought when people were under you know the law of sin and death through there, right? Because that has to do with animal sacrifices as well When people was getting killed and stoned That's the laws of sin and death We're not under that And you will die eventually So think about what you're doing So this is what it's talking about If you decide To reject the spirit of the Most High Reject Christ's blood And willfully sin It says how much more of a punishment Are you going to receive That you receive the spirit of grace don't be deceived. You cannot just live haphazardly and then say everything you do is covered under the blood of Christ. That's blasphemous. You cannot do what you want and just say, oh, yeah, I'm going to just ask for forgiveness. That is blasphemous. Just like what you see T.D. Jakes talking about, like, even if I did do it, all I got to do is is uh, plead on the blood. Like, no, you, you're being deceitful and you're leading people to hell with what you're doing. Christ himself preached the commandment. So. Matthew 5, 17 through 19. Think not that I come to destroy the law. This is Christ talking. Or the prophets, because the prophets were talking about the law. I am come, I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. So everything from this law and the prophets has to be fulfilled before heaven and earth can pass away. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these, the least of these commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So we got to understand Christ was talking right here. He was saying that if you teach people not to keep the law, you're going to have a problem. You're going to be called least in the kingdom and you might not even make it into the kingdom. That, that, that's a serious thing You might not even make it there Because you're going to lead people into deception But whosoever do does the, the commandments And teaches people to do so You shall be called great in the kingdom And, and the thing is people, people will try to say that If you're trying to keep the laws That you're a Judaizer That you're, you're a Pharisee But I'm going to tell you what it is The Messiah never had an issue with the law because the law is from the Father. People are like, oh, it just came from Moses. The law was given by the Father. The issue he had with the Pharisees is that they were hypocritical with the law. And they're, I, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they, that's by that time some of these Pharisees was following some Talmudic ideas is what those modern-day, quote-unquote, Jews, them fake Jews over there practice. And that, that joint is, is disgusting when you read the Talmud. So for people that don't know who these people really are, they they book of reference is not the Torah, the Bible, 
They only use it when it's to their advantage. They they believe in stuff like that Christ is in hell burning in crap, like in hot excrements. That's what they book says the Talmud. So, yeah, for for those of the people that the people that 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 think they the chosen people the Most High, they're a blasphemous group of people. They blaspheme our Messiah. So let me let me continue to read. So if you decide to call somebody a Pharisee for keeping the law. That would be throwing Christ, the disciples, the prophets, servants, and our forefathers of the faith into that category because they all was called to keep it. Matthew 19, 16 through 17. And behold, excuse me, one came and said unto him, good master. This is the young man talking to him, right? What good things shall I do to have that I may have eternal life? So he understood that he needed to do some kind of work. And Christ said, and he said unto him, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God the Father. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. So when people be like, oh, this that you now you're trying to be works based, you trying to be the Bible says that faith without works is dead. And I'm gonna give you more scriptures that can give you precepts. And this is this is why Psalms 119, 104 says that through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. So I get vexed now when I hear people talk about this stuff because they don't know precepts. They don't read the Bible the way they're supposed to. Revelation 20, 11. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat upon it, the Messiah, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. Why would they flee away from him? Because that's, that's when the judgment is coming, right? And there was no place found for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before Yah, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. So we are going to be judged according to our works. So let me read you this. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 20. To the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. You had to have both. The law and the testimony. The testimony is the spirit. Of the Most High given to us through Christ. Through believing on Christ when we receive His Holy Spirit. You had to have the law and His Spirit. Revelation 14 and 12. Here's the patience of the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Yahweh Shah, Yah. You have to have both. And let's let's read this because people people have this idea that they don't gotta fear the most high and they could do whatever they want to do and God is not fear. No, you better fear him. You better fear him because when when the most high was revealing himself to Moses on the mountain and he was giving the Ten Commandments, they were scared. They said, like, hey, you go up by yourself because we scared we scared for our lives right now. And the most high he gave us he gave commands. He said he said, don't let nobody get close to these mountains because if they're close by the mountain, they, they're going to die from my glory. You cannot just treat the most high like he's just this, uh, I do whatever I want and he forgives me. No, you will be judged if you have that mindset. And there's a lake of fire for people that, that, that do that stuff. We don't, we don't willfully sin out here. You are not supposed to be among the sinners. You are supposed to be a saint. So Philippians um, 2 and 12, wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but uh, now much more in my absence, work out your salvation. So it says work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What are we working out if there's no work to be done with salvation? 
and and that's that's where a lot of people cannot answer the question. Like, oh, well, if if you if you feel like you had to work, that means you have not accepted Christ and and um you you're not worthy of his salvation because there's not it's not by works that a man should boast. But the most high said to work. He said he said you need to work, you need to show that you love me. You need to show that you really want me. This is not just this is this is a serious thing. This is a this is a covenant between you and the most high. And people think that that the most high is just this little buddy. He's my he's my friend and he makes me feel good. No. He's the most high. He is the most high God. There's nobody like him. So you can't just be coming to him like I'm gonna just do what I want and just say what I feel. You do what his word says. And you need to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Because you're not, you can't be out here just like, oh, I know God's going to forgive me. No, you have no fear of him. You're supposed to fear his commandments, fear his word like, man, should I be doing this? Should I be thinking that? You need to think that way because that's what's going to keep you right on his path. Because you're going to be thinking about his word. You're going to be thinking about doing the right thing. And not just falling into this overextended message of grace where everything is covered. No. Everything's not covered, especially when you're doing the wrong things, because there's consequences. People don't realize that when David did all that foolishness, he had he had took Bathsheba, got Uriah killed. He had consequences. He was forgiven, but he still paid consequences. All right. I know I'm getting a little worked up, but I just be getting vexed when I hear people say such foolish things. All right. All right. Let's go. So. You had to believe in the Messiah and keep his word. James chapter 122. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And then, you know, later on, you know, going back to the rich young ruler. The Messiah starts listing off the Ten Commandments, which is very important. So you got to think, and I know that's like, it took me a minute to get to that part, but. The Messiah is quoting the Ten Commandments. That throws out that whole doctrine away that Christ only gave us two commandments. And the Ten Commandments are all throughout the scripture in the New Testament as well. And we see Paul gets certain things and ideas because he knows the law. So let, let's let's continue. Uh, and another thing, too, what people don't realize, if Christ did away with the law and, and the, the, not the laws you think about, he did away with the animal sacrifice and the law of sin and death. If he did away with all the rest of the book, like the actual laws that you're supposed to keep to show that you are part of the covenant with the Most High, he would be a false prophet and he would not be of the Father. You know? And another thing, too, is on that day of judgment, what do you think we're going to be judged by? We're going to be judged by whether you kept the law or not. Anytime you're in a court, what do you think? If somebody's doing something wrong, they're going to judge you by the law book. And that's what people don't understand. The Bible is a book about history and a covenant between him and his people and those that are grafted in. A covenant has laws. There's contingencies to a, a covenant, to a contract. That's what that is. But a lot of people like to cherry, script, uh, cher cherry pick the scriptures, right? And they only want to read from the New Testament. But here's a precept for that, right? I got you. First John three, four through eight. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that he he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. 
So that's important right here. So you can't be saying, oh, I'm just a sinner. No, because if you abide in him, you're not supposed to be a sinner. Whosoever sinneth not, have seen, have not seen him, neither have known him. So if you're out here doing what you want to do and you're talking about you know the Messiah, not saying you're not going to slip, but if you're out here willfully sinning, you are not in him and you never knew him. That's what the word is saying. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. So righteousness has something followed by works. It's by the posture of your heart and the works you do. When you keep these commandments to please the most high, that shows that you're righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Like you are not called to be a sinner. Also, another thing. What you cannot believe that lie that there's 613 laws. That um that number comes from mysticism from the fake Jews. Cause all the day you gotta remember the number six is the number of man, the number of the beast, and that's the system. They believe in Kabbalism and all this other stuff in the Talmud. They're not the true children of Israel. We know that by DNA and history and all this other stuff. So we know that we can't take their word for what they say. There's not 613 laws. So when you and you actually read them, when you read them, you will see that some of them not, are not going to apply to you because if you don't have cattle, you don't got to worry about the laws about cattle. If you were not supposed to sacrifice animals and stuff no more, you don't got to worry about that stuff. So once you actually sit down and read them, you see what applies to you and just do what you're supposed to do. That's it. And it's, it's not that hard. But here, here's the word, right? Let, let's 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 continue to see because the law gives us the light of the word. Proverbs 6 and 23 for the commandment is a lamp and the law is light and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. So the law is the light. The commandments are a lamp. They're, they're the things that lead us to the word. They're the things that lead us to the most high. Right. Psalms 19, 7 through 8. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Yes. So when you start practicing the law, there's things that happen inside of your heart. That converts your soul to righteousness, to holiness. The testimony of the, testimony of the Lord is sure, making the wise simple, uh, making the wise, uh, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. So when you start to understand these commandments, you see life in a totally different perspective. And they probably not going to read that to you in the church. Romans three and thirty one. It says, do we then make void the law through faith? Yah forbid. Yeah, we establish the law. This is Paul, straight from Paul. Anytime Paul's talking about not being under the law, he is speaking on the laws of animal sacrifices, the laws of sin and death. So they're they not going to tell you that. Come on. They're not going to tell you that in church. They're going to tell you to keep on sinning. And you ain't perfect. We fall down, but we get up. That's like, come on, that's that's foolishness, man. You talking about you constantly falling down, falling down. You are supposed to live righteous. And, and no, I'm not. I'm not being self righteous at all because I've been through so much. But when I came into the understanding that I cannot live a certain way, that's when the Most High started teaching me His Word for real. Romans chapter seven, verse seven, and then I'm gonna read twelve too. What shall we then say? Is the law sin? God forbid. So when people try to tell you that the devil wants you to keep the law, that's a lie. He just said, Paul just said, God forbid. Nay, I, I, 
He said, nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. Right. So we know that we, we know what sin is by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. So this is a commandment. That's one of the Ten Commandments. So you would have never known what is right from wrong if you had not known the laws of the Most High. Verse 12, wherefore the law is holy and the commandment holy, just and good. Paul and all the apostles in the original church, the, the Israelites and the Gentiles, the early church, they were preaching Christ and the law. They kept the laws, the Sabbaths, the feast days, the holy days, etc. 1 Corinthians 6, uh, 9-10 Know ye not that the, uh, the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of Yah? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, excuse me, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, which is being a sodomite, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of Yah. How did Paul know that all these things listed here were sin? It's because they're written in the laws. When you start reading Leviticus, you start reading the book of Numbers and Deuteronomy, you see that all the stuff he's mentioning is the law. Genesis 26 and 5. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So this is this is the most high speaking about Abraham. So we have a proof, we have proof, and we have multiple things that we see throughout the scriptures that proves that there was a law established prior to Moses. So these laws don't belong to Moses. The Most High already has something established. So Daniel chapter four verses, uh, Daniel chapter nine verses four through five, and I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession, and I said, O Lord, that great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love Him and to them that keep His commandments. Hmm. So Daniel, this this is why the Most High. This is why Christ said that I will not, I, I have not come to do away with the law and the prophets because they spoke the same thing. We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled and even by departing from thy, thy precepts and thy judgments. So Daniel was praying for his people and was saying that we departed from your precepts and your judgments because if you don't understand precepts, you're not going to be able to piece the word together. Because then you're going to have your own isolated doctrines and your own little private interpretation and, and think that you know the word, but you really don't. You really don't. It says that he has mercy upon those who love him and that keep his commandments. Nehemiah chapter 1 and 5, and said, I, and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant, so the Most High keeps covenant with you, and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. You have to follow his word. <clears throat> and we see that this is the exact wording we see in Exodus chapter 20 um, from uh, Nehemiah and Daniel both speaking here, which shows you that these are precept upon precept. That the Most High has mercy upon those who keep his commandments, which is said in Exodus chapter 20. Every time we depart from the law, we face consequences, but the Most High extends mercy when we keep the law. We had to be perfect. Don't fall for the lies of the enemy that it's not possible because people will tell you that. Oh, nobody could be perfect. Only Christ is perfect. So why did Christ command us to be perfect? 
Perfection means that you are spiritually mature to have integrity of what the word of the Most High says in his law, statutes, and commands. I'm going to say that again. Perfection according to scripture is the maturity to have the integrity to keep his law, statutes, and commandments. Alright. Genesis chapter 6 and 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. So Noah was considered perfect. Genesis chapter 17, 1 through 2. And when Abram was 90 and nine, uh, 90 years old and 9, the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. So these are precepts. I'm reading how the Most High is telling us to be perfect. Deuteronomy 18 and 13. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. That means you have integrity to his law. Job 1 and 1. There was a man in the land of Uz with, whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. So when you fear the Most High, you operate in integrity. You keep his laws. That's what perfection is. You may slip up, you may sin, but there's a difference between living in sin and that you just sin and you just messed up. That's it. You missed the mark. It's a difference when you break the laws. Matthew 5 and 48, Christ said it. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Luke 1, 5 through 6. This is for the people that say, hey, you can't keep the laws. So when you when you read the Bible, just just show them like if this this is why the word says that let every man be a liar, but let 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 God be true. Let God be true. Let his word be true. Luke 1, 5 through 6. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. You couldn't find no lies in them. You couldn't find no deceit in them because they were walking blameless. These were the parents of uh, John the Baptist. Don't believe the lies that no one could keep the law. The Most High would not give us something that we couldn't keep. The, the problem with the law that people had. Is that they would keep the law, but their hearts were messed up. That's why Christ always said to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Because he knew that some people would bring up the law, but they didn't mean it. They didn't have it in their hearts. This is why the word says in the new covenant with us, when his, his, the children of Israel, he will write his laws in our hearts. Because we were, we were circumcised on the outside, but we needed to be circumcised on the inside as well. Our hearts needed to be circumcised. Because we, some of us wasn't operating in love And some of us still don't This is why the word is specific That you have to keep the laws And the testimony of the Messiah Because when you have the testimony of the Messiah You have the Holy Spirit to tell you Like I'm supposed to love people And have mercy upon people as well Now let me read this Psalm 119 45, 44-45 So I shall keep thy law Continually forever and ever and I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. This is the perfect law of liberty. When we understand his precepts, we have liberty in Christ. And just notice the word. It says forever. I will keep thy law continually forever and ever. So that's forever, ever. Come on. 
Psalm 119, 142, thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness and thy law is the truth. So if it ain't in the law, it's not true. So when you hear these these preachers talking about all this bogus stuff and if you sow a seed and uh, God's going to do this and turn it around for you and uh, and they misusing scripture and they doing all this other stuff, there's no truth in them. If it's not according to his law, it's not the truth. It's a lie. I seen the other day, uh, well, I need a bottom. And I don't know how people still live, but I do because the word says that you know, when you reject knowledge and the truth that he gives you, he gives you over unto the strong delusion, right? That's stuff uh, that's written by Paul somewhere. And and I seen Juanita Bytham was, he, she said five people in the room was going to give $5,077 because the most high, she said, God told her, the Lord said, I hear the Lord say, man, if you can't see that in the word, if you if they telling you to do something that's not in the word, they come from the devil. The most, the most high will not do something like that to you. These people are deceiving. All right, you need to, you need to read the word. <laughs> Psalm one nineteen, one o five. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And we just read in Proverbs six and twenty three that His law does that for us. His law is a light, and His commandment is a lamp, and His law is the light. That's a precept. We see that's multiple scriptures conferring with each other. Precept upon precept, right? And I know I've been talking for a little minute, but I'm going to conclude. I got got a few more scriptures for y'all, and, and then we hopping off of here, right? Because I said this is going to be purely scripture for the most part. So let's see, let's see where we at, where we at with it. All right. Matthew chapter 5, 16. It says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. The Messiah said that. So when you're doing the right thing, you're living the commandments, that's how you let your light shine because there has to be something tangible with what you're doing. I can't just say I love the most high and then I'm just living haphazardly however I want. John 14 and 15, words of the Messiah. If you love me, keep my commandments. Revelation 22 and 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments. You saw you blessed when you do the word. That they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. All right, that's important right there. Ecclesiastes 12 and 13 through 14. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. So this is what we're supposed to be doing. This is the whole, this is the whole reason for life. Fear Yah, fear God, and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So people that, that tell you you ain't got no works to do, he's going to judge every work you do. So for those people like, oh, it's not about works. He's going to judge you by the works that you do according to his word, both good and evil. 1 John 2 and 3 through 5, which is, this joint hit me, right? It said, and hereby we do know, oh, hereby we do know that we know him. This is how we know him, the word says. If we keep his commandments, he that saith I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. And this is the New Testament, so I don't know how all these 
people who are running around in these denominations and churches telling you that somehow these the commandments is, is done away with in their lives. Verse 5, but whoso keepeth his word and him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. So you know you truly in him when you keep his commandments and you love the Messiah. And the last one for y'all, 1 John chapter 5, 2 to 3. By this we know we are the children of God. So he's reiterating himself. When we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. So you can't say you love him if you don't keep his commandments. There is no love without obedience. And his commandments are not grievous. That's what the word says. Man, everybody, I appreciate the patience. I appreciate everything. I love you guys for real. Uh, we are living in exciting times because our redemption, our redemption draweth nigh. Our redeemer is coming to get us. You know, our time is, is like is coming up from being here in the land of our captivities. Um, we're going to be in the promised land before we know it. Stand tall. Stay righteous. Keep your heads lifted up. Stay in this word, believe in the Messiah, believe in his promises, believe every word that the father said about us because he's coming for us. He's coming for our, for, for our people. He has a covenant with our people. Much love to everyone. Salam.